You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Jesus died, was raised on the third day, appeared for 40 days, and then after they prayed for 10 on Pentecost, the 50th day, you know, Jesus had ascended and the Holy Spirit has come. And ever since Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is the personhood of God that's in charge here today. Now, I don't know how you are when you're in charge, but it's like if David was in charge and now I'm in charge, I want everybody to know that my in-chargeness is better than what David had when he was in charge. And I'm going to show you what really in charge looks like. And humanly, we see that manifest in so many different ways. A lot of people who should never have authority over people, when they get in a position of authority, they, they misuse it. And they use it to lord over one another. But when the Holy Spirit comes and he is the one who's in charge now, it's completely different than what we know as humans. Because he always comes to exalt Jesus. The Holy Spirit isn't here to let us know that, okay, Jesus was pretty good, but now watch what I can do. I'm going to... No. The rules don't change. The love remains the same. And the manifestation of the Holy Spirit on the earth is that he's here to show us the full glory of Jesus. Now, isn't this crazy about the Godhead? What did Jesus do? Jesus said, I came to show you the Father. He, he says, I only do what I see my Father doing, and I only speak what I hear my Father speaking. Hmm. See, there's no competition in the Godhead. They're one. And we find that the very core, in 1 John 4, it says, God is love. And the very foundation of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is that they all love. They all love. And so when, when we look at this day, this glorious day of Pentecost, the day that we celebrate, Jesus has come in obedience to the Father. He was sent by the Father, and he, he brought us a revelation of the Father. He came to destroy the works of the evil one. He in, inaugurated the reestablishment of God's rule to the earth. And so we, right now we've got kingdoms in conflict. There is a day coming when it will no longer be kingdoms in conflict. The evil one will be dealt with once and for all. And that's going to be good. Because then there will be no more sickness. There will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow, no more crying. You can read the scriptures. The, the picture of what it's going to be like is just amazing. But now we're in this interesting time period where the kingdom has been introduced through Jesus. And with his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, he's at the right hand of the Father, and he's released his Holy Spirit. So now the presence of God is not restricted to just one geographical location. The Holy Spirit is here. He's down at Mount Comfort, United Methodist, Amnity, United Methodist. He's, he's in real life. He, he's all over the region because he, he's not restricted. 
When Jesus was in body form, the presence was restricted to wherever Jesus was. And that's why when Jesus is he's getting ready to go to the cross, he gets his disciples and he says, and I will send another that's just like me. Another. And so the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our paraclete, the one who comes alongside, there's no, there's no way we can accurately describe the Holy Spirit because he's absolutely, infinitely amazing. And human language can't even do it justice. And he doesn't even try. The scripture says that he lives to pray for you. He's interceding for you. With what? Groans. That are, there's no language to give expression. When, it, when he's praying for you, he's praying for you with language or with expression that goes beyond the limitation of language. Now, some of you are thinking, yeah, I can imagine if he's praying for Chris, he's going, oh, you know, we get it. No, no. I believe the groans of the Holy Spirit are joyful expressions. A lot of times we, we think of groans as, ugh. But I think, I think he's so filled with joy and he's so delighted over each one that when he comes to intercede for Chris in front of the Father, he is celebrating with words that there is no way to express such joy before the Lord. <laughs> We, we, we have an interesting way of projecting our perception onto the scriptures, don't we? Because that's the only perception we have. Until the Holy Spirit comes and adjusts us and brings us into alignment with what is really true. And then, then it makes a complete difference. I love it. Okay, let's get back on charge. Who's the boss? Holy Spirit's the boss. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. <clears throat> that's, that's the problem some, sometimes with our Western understanding of evangelization, that we think that if we can use words to persuade someone to say yes to Jesus, that's all we need. But it's almost like if someone can talk you into something, someone else can probably talk you out of it. But when you have an encounter with the presence of God, when you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, when you come into a place of not just having understanding, but having experience, whoa. And that's what Paul said. He wanted to come and let there be a demonstration of God's power to birth people into real relationship with Jesus. And I know I've, I've, I've talked with a lot of folks and a lot of, a lot of us in, in the United States, we, we've been religious, we've gone to church, we've gone to vacation Bible school, we, we know how to talk Christianese. <clears throat> I, I've got a I've got a, a, a counselee that I, I've been counseling, and, and he knows how to speak Christianese so that everyone would think that he just is really walking closely with the Lord. 
but what he believes is true about himself, he doesn't believe he has any value, worth, or significance. He thinks everything is his fault, that he's the problem, and so if anything goes wrong, and as a result, he's never experienced the love of God. We can have a Christian theological understanding, but until we understand and experience the love of God, it's never going to make a difference. It, it actually puts us in a situation where we feel almost schizophrenic. It's almost like there's two sides of us. There's our religious side, and then there's this other side. And this other side is the side that just doesn't feel like it could be loved. It's disqualified from love over and over and over again. But the Holy Spirit is here to erase that and to let us know that we are loved. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All of us. He loves all of us. I know this is very simple. If we could just understand through experience how much God loved us, so much of the enemy's ability to manipulate us would cease. So much of our pain, so much of our confusion, so much of our, our heartache and sorrow would, would be dealt with if we could just get a full revelation experientially of the love of God. <clears throat> you know, some of us think that, you know, we're, we've really been loved by God. You know, God loves me. <clears throat> some of us know that. We know it up here. And occasionally we experience down here in our heart. We, we, we feel that. I don't know how the enemy's able to get us to cease pursuing the release of the love of God. I don't, I don't know how he does that. Sometimes it's like, okay, the Lord's loved on me enough. Now I need to go out and do something. Now I need to get busy and, and accomplish something. I need to be productive today. I need to go out. Or, okay, I allowed him to love me. And I gave him five minutes and nothing's really happened, so I'm going to go on. Because he, he must not, must not really want to show me how much he loves me today. Anybody believe that? You've experienced that and it's like, okay, I've spent time in his presence. I've been in his word. I've been in prayer. And it's like if he really wanted to lavish his love on me, according to the scriptures, I've given him every opportunity, but I don't feel anything. So I think I better get up and go. And our conclusion is, something's wrong with me. God's mad at me. I must have done something to tick him off. Or I just don't know the right words. So one of these days I'll be a real prayer warrior and I'll be able to say the kind of words like, you know, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. And when I get that, then I will feel the incredible love of God. Boom. Ah. Whenever we think there's a secret that we don't know, 
it's usually designed to disqualify us from receiving right now. So if I just knew the secret entrance into the presence, I could do it. And unfortunately, the church, we've had a thousand and one secrets that we've tried to say, well, if you, if you know how to speak in tongues, then you can get into the presence and receive from the Lord. Now I'm all for speaking in tongues. But when that's used as a secret key to receiving love, no. It's a great way, but it's not the only way. It's not the secret key. You can receive the love of God right now. Right now, because he's constantly pouring out his love. <clears throat> Anybody watch the royal wedding? Mm-hmm. I came in as my wife. She spent pretty much the whole day in her in her recliner watching the royal wedding, the repeat of the royal wedding, the commentary about the royal wedding, uh, what the horses ate before the royal wedding, and all that kind of stuff, you know, and so she was totally in it. And one time when I went by, there was the, uh, the African, the, the black pastor who was preaching. And it was like, oh my stars. I only heard the part where he's talking about fire and he's talking about the Iron Age and all this kind of stuff. Da, 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 da. And, he, and somewhere he brought that so beautifully into an understanding of love. So John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but after me comes one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I thought, ooh. And the Holy Spirit was doing backflips in me as I was hearing this brother preach, man. It was just like, yeah, this is good. Because a lot of times we equate passion with fire, don't we? There's a passion of love that's like fire. God created it. He's given us sex drives. And it's like fire. They say like the sexual drive of a man is like the most powerful thing in the universe. What a responsibility to steward something so sacred and something so powerful. And the enemy's constantly trying to twist it and pervert it and destroy it. Wow. And so <laughs> Gordon Dalby he uses the expression that, yeah, that passionate fire of the sexual drive, the eros, love in the Greek, is, is like a fire. And when it's in the fireplace, it brings warmth to the whole house. And that's what God intended. But if it gets out of the fireplace, it'll burn the house down. Do we have a, a responsibility to steward the most incredible power, fire, in all its manifestations from physical to emotional to spiritual to relational fire? Yeah, we really do. Sometimes we let the fire go out in our, in our marriage. We let the fire go out in our relationships with certain friends. We get hurt 
and we get offended. So we turn our back on, on one that used to be our friend and we let the fire just go out. Enemy loves that. He loves that so much. I was talking with uh, Gigi yesterday and she was saying something like, I think God's doing something about restoring these relationships that you know have been kind of broken. I said, yeah, Gigi, the Lord is doing something like that. I, I sense that. I, I, I'm experiencing it personally. Friends that used to be real close that for whatever reason no longer are, the Holy Spirit's bringing them back into my life and giving me a chance to see how he wants to, to restore relationship. Well, it's Pentecost Sunday, folks. The fire's out. Getting baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire means that we have an opportunity to do things differently than what we used to do. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when he manifests within us, when he moves us from the very inside, we have an enabling grace to do something that we couldn't do before he did it, before he revealed himself, before he came upon us. So today, if you're stuck, today's a great day to get unstuck. Wherever you're stuck, great day to get unstuck. Why? Because it's a day that we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. Just as the Messiah came to bring good news to the poor, to heal and mend the brokenhearted, to release the captives, to open prison doors, to give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Ah, all the things that was attributed to the Messiah, you can take those and you can put those right to the Holy Spirit. Because he is like here to bring that full revelation and reality to all of us. To all of us. When the Holy Spirit falls, it says that Everyone, everyone has an opportunity to receive the fullness of his presence. Hmm. Upon your men, upon your women, no gender. Upon the servant and upon the master, there's no, there's no social structure. Upon all flesh, every one of us, get the incredible honor of hosting the Holy Spirit within us, allowing God's Spirit to reside and dwell and to nurture that, nurture that fire and that passion for him. Hmm. A lot of times in, in, in the church, we try, to, we try to break sinful things off of our lives. Oh, if I could just stop doing that, or if I could just get free from this, blah, 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 blah. And, and so we will even have support groups, we'll have programs, we have, and, and all those are fine and dandy. There's nothing wrong with that. But most often, the best way is to host the Holy Spirit in that area of your life. Allow him to take up residence in that place of difficulty, in that place of stuckedness if I can make that word up. And we want him to come and to abide there. Why? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. Now here's something that, 
Holy Spirit's been teaching me. Because of, of the profound foundation of love that the Godhead rests upon, for love to have an opportunity to be expressed, there's always got to be choice. You always have freedom of will. You can choose him or you can choose something other than him. You can choose to be in his presence or you can choose to go out and do other things. One thing that the enemy really does, I, I, I don't know if you guys ever struggle with this. Back in the day, it was basketball. You know, I could spend time in prayer, I could go play basketball. And the enemy loved drawing that dichotomy. It was not the Lord that was drawing that. It was the evil one that was drawing that. Because he knew I had a passion for basketball. My back's gone, my knees are gone. Now it's, you can spend time in prayer or you can play golf. <laughs> the Lord never really draws that line of demarcation. Because as I spend time with him in prayer, whether I do that on the golf course or whether I do that in my prayer closet, he doesn't care. He just likes being with us. He loves it when we play golf with him. He just loves being with us, doing whatever we do. Invite him always and be aware that he lives within you and that he'll be with you wherever you go. Do whatever you do with the realization that he's with you. If you're doing flowers, you know he loves flowers. Mm. Give you some wonderful creativity of how to arrange this part of his creation. And you guys do that so well. Look at that. Is that, is that amazing? Came in, I thought, oh, wow, is that beautiful. It is Holy Spirit Day. He's creative. He's, he's amazing. Don't let the enemy pigeonhole you that if you don't do this and you do that, then you're not included. Now, there's times when we can make better choices. But whatever choice you make, always invite him in and you will grow from that place and you will mature. And that's what this walk is all about, is we're all in a process of maturing. We're all going to get there as we grow in Christ. Okay, any questions, any confusion? I left my sermon notes a long time ago. <laughs> Sue really had trouble keeping up with the PowerPoint. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, let's wait on the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.